Hello, welcome to the pop-up podcast in the Hunt and Gather podcast studio and lounge. Coming to you from the inner sunset of San Francisco, this is Dee Dee Hunt and Nathan Tan. I am here with Nate Tan, my partner in crime, mm-hmm. and Alfredo Sainz, who has shown his work here before and will be a featured artist in our fall show, and he will also be featured here for Open Studios this fall on November 4th and 5th. Welcome, Alfredo. Hello, everybody. All right. Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about your work and what else you like to do. If Is this your full-time gig or do you, do you have a day job? What do you do with your time? Well, I do have a, a full-time job and then art as well. Between painting and photography, I stay pretty busy. But I also have a family, so I help with keeping a 10-year-old alive and my better half happy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another job. Yeah, totally. that's, so, you know, juggling three three full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, art's everywhere I go, so, you know, it's it's fun. I, I enjoy kind of where I'm at right now with uh, the balance in my life. That's awesome. No, that is. What else are you into? Hobbies? Tell us a little bit about your personal life. Well, personally, these days it seems to revolve all around art, but I love me playing some baseball. Mm-hmm. I've been playing baseball for uh, 30-some-odd years, so I like running out, seeing what I got left in the tank every Sunday. And between that and raising a family, not too much time for anything else. So I just try to prioritize my passions and, and make time for them. Are you playing right now? Uh, right now is the off-season. The summer's mm. over, so I'll be gearing up for, for next summer. Awesome. Yeah, I like talking to you about that before. I was in awe. You can still do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my mind can do more than my body can, <laughs> but, you know, I'm still out there. I'm just playing with guys closer to my age these days. That's cool. Uh, tell us about your background, how you got into art, um, the timeline, events that kind of led you here. Well, you know, I came in third place uh, in an Easter egg drawing contest back in 1987. <laughs> so for my mom's bank. So I got the ball rolling. Oh. In my adolescence, I dabbled in graffiti for quite some time. That really got the ball rolling. And then I was on a hiatus from art for in pursuit of sport. And so all the training that's involved with that. And dabbled in and out till probably about 2012. I was surrounded by some good people that were artists and musicians and whatnot in a job that I was working. And then right around 2016, I kind of started pumping some stuff out that I was happy with and got into a couple shows right off the bat, sold some pieces, which was great. Mm -hmm. Zero expectation for that. But I had a lot of fun with the community and learning from the people around me. I got a a great friend named Johnny Dismal, a.k.a. Matty Mesner, who was really a a big mentor for me that was encouraging and would help me, you know, kind of solve the things because I never went to art school. I don't think YouTube was as big as it is now back then. Mm-hmm. So he was my personal version of YouTube <laughs> when I had questions in regards to, you know, how to get something from my brain onto a canvas and, and whatnot. Wow. It's nice to have that mentorship for yeah. sure, huh? And I noticed you're real, really coachable <laughs> because he's like our number one I know. student yep. that shows up to our creative business strategy sessions. So I always tongue-tie that strategy sessions every quarter so you know thank you for always showing up and it's because you do show up so consistently that this season the fall the 
the fall season, our upcoming show is going to be featuring you. So congratulations on that. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, thank you guys for putting those together. I know towards the end of uh, 2022, we wrote out a goals list and we worked on some visualization. And I want to say it was maybe the next creative strategy session that I was pretty far down that list. Yeah. And, yeah, and I never really took time to, to take stock of that. I was just so caught up with my nose to the grindstone that... You're you checking know, them off. Yeah, and so, you know, without that list and, you know, reflecting a little farther down the road that it really was almost like an inadvertent guide for me to, to follow to kind of get my exactly shit together you've um, manifested some amazing things oh we cuss on this okay uh, we have nate here okay all right what half, half the things that come out of his mouth are the f word what dude or yeah. just every now and then well, yeah. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll try to turn it down for the children <laughs> so tell me what inspires your art especially the pieces you'll be featuring will be featuring here in the fall Okay. Well, the the abstract collection that I'll, I'll be featuring was really just inspired by wanting to learn new techniques. Hmm. You know, I came across some, what I assumed was trial work, and I do work with uh, trials in, in my day job. So I decided why not try that with some paint. What do you and, mean trials? Tr- uh, trials. So like concrete finishing tools. Oh, okay. You know, there's little painter's trials and whatnot, but I had access to my tools from work. So I just kind of started slapping some paint together and see where it went. And as I kind of studied on it a little bit more, you know, I do a lot of, get a lot of technical stuff from friends that are in the art world and then YouTube and whatnot, and then a lot of documentaries. And then from there, you know, in pursuing the, the technique, I was able to, to produce some good work and then be able to put a lot more of a creativity into it because at first... I was going back and forth with uh, spray paint, which is more or less my default medium, mm-hmm. to using the trowels to now working with, with brushes in this little abstract world. And as far as the subjects for each of those paintings, they, you know, I really don't have a say. I think they just kind of come to me. It sounds a little hippie, but I do a lot of meditation. And mm-hmm. when I feel uh, I've got a nice solid vision, then I stare at that canvas till it uh, materializes. So mm-hmm. I can, you know, paint what I visualize, whether it be a sunrise, sunset, you know, whatever the dichotomy between heaven and hell, you know, that's what I see. But ultimately this collection is for the, for the viewers, the, you know, the patrons to take a look and, and see what message comes to them in the way that I put this art together. So I have an internal message, but I think each of the pieces all depends on what, how it speaks to, to the viewer. And yes. sometimes that's really cool because you're... Your viewers see things that you didn't see, and then that could influence the way you create art in the future. Yeah, I think with you know them kind of realizing what they see in these paintings, it definitely leaves it open to interpretation, which I'm appreciative. I'm not you know painting a a coke can, which everybody sees a coke can. I'm mm-hmm. not painting a, an abstract donkey or anything. You know, these are, are colors that mm. hopefully evoke emotion or a response. I mean, even if they hate it, you know, at least they looked at it. And they mm-hmm. can say, hey, the feeling I took out of this was no, it's not for me. And that's cool, too. So, Is there a specific piece you can discuss with us? I did this canvas that on that I painted black. And you know, for me, it's, it's pretty obvious. It's got a nice blend of uh, a light blue, 
or a blue to a really really light blue and it's got a as far as I'm concerned a, a beautiful gold leaf stripe in between and then it goes from a, a dark red to a, a lighter red and for me I was at the time you know looking into Dante's Inferno and you know the circles of hell and whatnot and that's just where my mind space was and so I wanted to paint an interpretation of that kind of in my style which is what I did so when I see that painting that's exactly what I see with that gold line in between representing the here and now you know this that's where that's where we live mm. so yeah a little deeper than I thought but you know I guess it is when you say it out loud mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a very much go with the flow kind of guy so I'm not tied to any particular style or medium so as far as creating something it's whatever feels true to me at the time you know and that is based on a lot of factors you know my headspace the weather you know what mm -hmm. shirt I'm wearing it all all these things you know play some subtle role in how I create but you know anything can be reinvented as, as far as it being innovative it all just depends on how you approach it so. yeah you definitely seem open to trying new things and experimenting because since I first met you, which was crazy how we met, but since I first met you, you've already probably gone through two or three stages, right? Yeah. It, yeah, you know, started off with some very simple stencil work and more complicated stencil work to, you know, cartoon characters to mugshots of famous mm -hmm. musicians to cityscapes. And yeah, I... I don't feel like I'm tied or, or weighed down by any particular um, style or technique because mm -hmm. I, I like doing it all. Do you do commissions for people, like on-demand kind of commissions? Yes. Like? I just actually sent one out to Chagrin Falls, Ohio. Ohio in the um, house? And it was somebody you know, that requested a piece that they saw, but and obviously it was different. And then he talked to his wife, and it was different again. And then he probably talked to his cousin, and then it was different again. But we finally settled on something. and produced it and they were really happy with it it's hanging that's in their awesome. living room so. that is awesome yeah that's pretty cool so that's a definite plus side to you doing so many things because on one hand some artists try to really become known for one style and they just do it over and over again your route is different but you can probably already have a really diverse um, portfolio where if you organize them into theme it would allow so many people to look through it and go that's the style i want but can you do an Elvis, you know, or yeah, whatever? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it definitely opens it up a, a lot more. I mean, I had this uh, couple from Nashville that was really into the to the musicians, mm -hmm. and they bought a whole set off the wall at a, at a different show um, to keep them all together, which was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, she had sent me a picture, and it was pretty neat to see all four of the, you know, the Johnny Cash, Frank Sinatra, mm -hmm. um, Elvis. How did they find you? They were down on, was that, Grant Street over there in the city at SFOG. Oh, okay. I had so. done a show over there, and they came across it. And you know, I had done really well at that show, and they swooped everything up, and then I actually had to create the missing piece because wow. one was already sold. So. Oh, wow. So, oh, wow, you had to recreate it. Yeah, and when I recreate something for somebody, you know, no two are alike. So, mm -hmm. you know, the color palette was a little different, but they were fine with that because I didn't want to take away from the one that the person had already bought mm -hmm. but yeah you know the commission's zero expectations for those and so when they come they're nice to 
you know, almost get you know some validation for your work that somebody wants to pay money for it. Because oh, you know, I yeah. just as well give it away. But mm-hmm. you know, that's not sustainable for you know purchasing more canvas and paint. Mm-hmm. You know that. How do you balance the tension between artistic expression and the commercial aspects of the world? Well, I mean, if anybody knows me, they know I can't stand the commercial aspect of it. You know, it's like the vegetables of the art world for me, <laughs> so I can't stand it. And you know, my goal for, for my art is, is simple, and it's just for it to be financially sustainable. You know, I'm not here trying to make a million dollars. It'd be nice. I'm not going to uh, turn it away. But as long as I kind of stay in the black, I'm all right. And even if I got to pump a little more money, personal money into it to make it happen, it's no big deal. I mean... I could be spending my money on far worse things than art supplies. So for me, regardless, it's always a quality investment. But if it can be financially sustainable, my better half would probably be a lot happier. Mm -hmm. So it's personal fulfillment. Yes, very much so. What would you say has been the most challenging part of your artistic journey? I think the right here, right now, uh, the most challenging part was organizing. Right here, right now, this podcast. No, recording. no, right here, right now, today, <laughs> I am in the tail end of putting together a website. So having to prune and organize and, and, and you know collections from the past and and especially the photography has has proven a lot more mind numbing than I anticipated. You know, it always kind of comes back to the business end of it. It's just having to manage that that side because I. I have to have interest in it, though I, I, I really don't. So it's just a, you know, yeah, I, it's I a must-do, necessary I evil. So bad. If I could just paint all day and hand out canvases to walker <laughs> buyers and, totally. and get by, I would totally do that. But, you know, the website was a challenge. What platform did you build it on? On Square. And mm. how did you like that? How are you liking that, I should say? Well, now that the learning curve is towards the, the other end, mm-hmm. I'm liking it. I accidentally hit publish yesterday. Talking about Squarespace or Square the Square Up, which is like the POS system. Mm, no, Square the one that you can build the website on. See, I don't even you know. You can Squarespace. build it on both. Square oh. Squarespace is more of just a website platform, whereas Square Up, which is like the POS systems that we have here. Mm-hmm. So our hunt and gather website shop page is built on Square Up. It's the same one that Lane uses. So square up. Yes, okay. that one. So as you can tell, I don't. Yeah. Somebody pointed me in the right direction, and I just went right to it. And uh, yeah, the last three days have been somewhat mind-numbing, but mm-hmm. I was able to do a little creating, make some pieces while I was doing laundry. Nice. <laughs> I was stoked off that. So highlight a memorable experience, experience or experiences that you've faced in your artistic journey. Well, one of my favorite experiences is there was four of us that were doing a show over on 17th and Potrero, and the, the name of the gallery eludes me, but we all decided to do a group piece, and it was a six-foot by four-foot panel, and we were four very different artists, so my friend Jessica Slaymaker, she did this really cool resin on the bottom of it, and then my portion was a very cool pink-purple-silver Transamerica building, and then my friend Maddie Mesner kind of painted all of us climbing the Transamerica building. And then my friend Lane came in and mixed in some teapots. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. And then we went ahead and auctioned that off to, to help some people out. Oh, my gosh. So that was, a, that was a really cool experience to be. And that was very early on. So to even be involved, you know, to even be picked for the team was cool. 
which was, you know, great unto itself. And then to be able to create something that was going to turn around and help some folks. And I really hope that that's hanging on somebody's wall somewhere. Because it, right. really, it was a really cool piece. I've had yeah. some people ask me if it was still available. And no, and I couldn't recreate that if I wanted to. That's cool. We should do that mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. I think Get some artists together and create something, some big piece together. Yeah. Red Cross can use it. <laughs> How do you believe your work contributes to the local art scene here in San Francisco? Well, I mean, by participating in the local art scene, you know, bringing you know, my portion, my vision to the table, I think it just gives uh, an opportunity for more discussion, which is probably my favorite part of the art scene. Like, every time I come and visit you guys, we can sit and, and bullshit about art all day long, whether it be influence, technique, style, mm -hmm. uh, you know, galleries and, you know, whatever they got going on. Um, so I think just by participating anywhere that I can, going to other galleries, seeing their work, meeting the people, shaking the hands, mm -hmm. and, um, and just uh, being available. You know, I've had mm -hmm. a few people, you know, reach out with questions, and I'm like a fucking cheerleader, you know, when mm -hmm. I meet somebody that, you know, is where I was, you know, a couple years ago, and it's just, hey, like, you know, short story, I was up on 9th and Irving, and I was shooting with my Holga my Holga camera, which is 120 film. And I had met a kid that was crossing the street that asked me about my camera. And we got to chatting and he had a really nice 120 camera, but he had an obstacle and that was getting film, younger kid. So lo and behold, in my backpack, I had five rolls. So I handed him one and I said, hey, go take some pictures. But the only caveat is you've got to tag me or show me when you're done with this roll mm -hmm. of film. Um, and that, you know, being art-minded, I felt like it was just paying it forward for somebody to you know, at least load their camera up and, and have a day. And then maybe that leads to two days, to three days, to mm -hmm. four days where he can explore his art through his camera. And then, you know, just kind of pay it forward for everybody that helped me along. Right on. Uh, Did he tag you? I haven't seen him yet. <laughs> Piece of shit. Was no. that a while ago? Or <laughs> no, it's like two weeks ago. Oh, wow. So maybe, it, maybe it takes him a... A little while to yeah. shoot off a right roll. On. Oh, that, that's good karma right there. So with that said, what advice would you give aspiring artists looking to establish themselves in art? To do it. I mean, I think the biggest threshold that I had to walk through was the fear of judgment, that it wasn't good enough. Oh, man. See? But, yeah, but once I finally said fuck it and started to just <laughs> make stuff, and, you know, there was times where I'd have a whole collection just sitting in my garage. Like, the I did this mugshot collection you know, I think it was mm. towards the end of 21, early 22, that just sat in my garage, you know, like 10 paintings just sitting in there. And then lucky for me, the universe conspired to have me put those up in a show. And I had a lot of things going on in my life at that time. I just came off like bre breaking my back and, you know, all this other weird shit. And I hung them up and it was one of the most successful shows I ever had. Because, you know, I started having that, that inner dialogue of like, oh, this stuff's really simple. Nobody's going to like it. You know, a kindergartner could do this. and um, Imposter syndrome. Yes. Mm -hmm. very, Strikes again. Yeah, very much that. Mm -hmm. and, and it was really cool, you know, for me to have a good show and meet a lot of people that were interested in art. You know, I'm really happy that people purchased them and they took them home and they were stoked to have it. But re-engaging with the, the art community and, and talking shop with folks is what really lit a fire under my ass to, to, mm -hmm. to keep going. Mm -hmm. And then I had some shifts in the personal life that brought me a lot of clarity that really mm -hmm. allowed me to, to focus and, and, and work my way. So, you know, for the new kid on the block, just do it. 
you know, and if you're not getting support from anybody else, give me a call. We'll we'll figure it out together. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> you, excuse me, you totally touched on something that we actually talked about today with Michelle, but it's something I always talk about with younger artists or younger entrepreneurs, and that's having to eventually say, fuck it, and just do it. So what was that moment for you? Why did you eventually just say, fuck it, I'm going to do it? Like, what was what pushed you over that edge to get that courage? I mean, I think the courage came from clarity of mind. I had some shifts in my personal life. I was doing some some outside things that weren't helping my mindset and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. I started to lean on art as somewhat of a coping mechanism. But once I had gotten through that that period in my life, I you know I found that it was just something that I really enjoyed. It, it engages my mind. It engages me physically. Mm-hmm. And once I found that. I was creating art for myself that was made, made it easier to say fuck it because once I'm done with it then it just becomes an offering to to the universe to the to the art world and you know they can do what they want with it mm-hmm. my you know I always tell folks you know my job is to, to, to do the, the painting as best I can and as far as selling it goes you know or trying to make money off it that's up to the galleries that's up to word of mouth that's not up to me my my, my role in all of this is just to create it Mm-hmm. And with that simple approach, it's easier for me to just say, you know, fuck it. Like this whole abstract collection, I don't think anybody that knew me kind of expected something that out, out of me. And then here I am, you know, working on my 13th abstract painting that, and I say abstract and to me it feels pretentious, <laughs> but there's really mm-hmm. no other way to describe it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's probably one of the hardest thresholds for an artist to walk through is is that fear that fear of judgment or you know somebody's you know shaking your hand and pissing on your leg telling you your art's good and then talking shit about you all you know all those narratives that we play you just got to take a deep breath and do it i mean that's simple as that yeah i mean that's you know the the coachable side of me you know attending workshops helps surrounding yourself Mm -hmm. with the right people helps Yep. You know, just kind of cannonballing into the to the whole art world. And, you know, for me, the hardest part, I think now is just the continuing of, of meeting people and then figuring out who's a good fit to keep in my circle. You know, there's a lot of mm. people out there that can tell you a lot of things, but, you know, we've got to share the same vibes, got to be on the same page for, for you to be in my circle. So, That's anyway. super wise and super true. Not everyone deserves your time yeah. and energy. Not at all. So we'll be hosting you here for ArtSpan's Open Studios this fall, November 4th and 5th. Have you participated in ArtSpan's Open Studios before? I have not. I just recently became a member. I'm aware of, of the organization. And, you know, as, I don't know, my art and the, that, that career of art is progressing. It, it felt warranted to, to join up with these folks and see what they got for me because ultimately it's just a another tool I can utilize to to further my education and and experience in, in art so my well, first time with them I'm very excited that we'll be hosting you and I can't wait to hang all your art and show show the community what we're creating here together oh yeah I'm, I'm always stoked to be here I love it so the last question I have for you I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> and I know you have some big news, so tell us what yeah. big, exciting news you have to share. Uh, well, I mean, I, I did have a, a, a piece that was uh, accepted to the DeYoung. Woo! 
Yeah, Congratulations. That's, and that's actually you know, part of the manifestation from last year, because last year wow. I didn't get in. And what I really like about it, it was a, a piece that I did just for myself on exploring mm. technique. I had never posted it. I don't think I showed it to anybody. Wow. Wow. I had a, a canvas that I started depending on and overthought it and screwed it up. So I spent like a week scraping that canvas down because I didn't want to have to go buy another one. <laughs> and so I was really invested in this canvas. And it was a what was it, 36 by 48. It was a, it was a pretty big, no, 24 by 48. It's a big piece. And then I just did my normal kind of zen universe thing and it it came to me and i was working with some transparent paints that i'd never used before and it all came together like in two days and then the submissions opened i submitted it you know sent out some good vibes and once it's gone you know I'm, i don't have control and i completely forgot about it until i got my email from them and and I was like, fuck, now I got to buy a frame and I probably have to go buy a tuxedo. And <laughs> so, top hat. Yeah, top hat. I don't know where my monocle is, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to, you know, checking out, you know, all the other artists' work. I did go down to the Salon de Refuse at the Four Chicken oh, Gallery. Oh, I wanted to check that out. Yeah. I missed it. Yeah, which was cool. And my friend went down, checked it out to see all these art that was, you know, rejected. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm not getting caught up in that. Refused. Yeah, refused. (laughs) And there was some quality stuff there. And uh, and it was nice to catch it because, you know, I, if they would have had that show last year, I would have been in that show. So, but yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to all the shenanigans around it. But my one goal there is to to have a chat with the curator and and the people that put this together. Because I know that Young unto itself since the 30s when it was a second third rate museum living off loners from rich folks to to where it is now so i'm really curious about the the inner workings of of that and uh, you know and check out some art i mean there's going to be 700 pieces there so i'm gonna and when can people check out that show the show starts september 30th and goes till it's a long time yeah i think it goes to like january 7th Mm -hmm. wow that's great uh, you know september 30th is a a tough day because hardly strictly is also in the park (laughs) so just Mm. a little heads up for parking but uh, yeah, it's 11 to 4. The other side of the park. Yeah, 11 to 4 on September 30th. You know, I'll be out there wearing some sort of outfit trying to stick out a little bit, but it's usually not too hard for me. So Very cool. I'm so proud of you. Thank I you. feel like I know. we've watched you blossom this year in 2023. And it, I feel like, you know, you showed up in 2022, December of 2022. You wrote out your goals and you have been spot on. You've exceeded the, those goals, it seems like. Yeah, those, those goals are, are posted in my studio, so I, I see them a lot. And uh, obviously towards the end of this year, when I come back to another creative super session. Creative, <laughs> creative, creative strategy. business strategy yeah. session mm-hmm. and mixer. Yeah. Super session. Yeah, when I come back <laughs> I to like this. I like that better, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's easier to say. Yeah. When I come back to the December super session, <laughs> yeah. um, That's the new I'm going to write a whole new list of goals for 2024 yeah. and wow. just see where it takes me. I mean showing up today super stoked i'm in a really good balanced place between life and art you know art never stops for me i see it everywhere i go and then i just try to build up a nice reservoir of ideas so when i paint or i'm photographing it's actually quite subconscious i'm just doing it because Mm -hmm. the idea was already planted somewhere sounds like it's therapy for you yeah in Mm -hmm. a way yeah yeah very much so it's it's therapeutic i mean i've had people ask me how come I don't post my process, you know, the little videos, 
time lapse and it's because I'm selfish it's mine mm -hmm. you know and that's my my solitude time where I get to explore the inner workings of what's going on in between my ears and mm -hmm. just you know some some good records and enough paint because I've been there where I ran out mm -hmm. of paint mm -hmm. and that's frustrating but yeah but you set yourself up uh, in the studio nice and clean and you get some good records and a good mindset you can leave me alone for 10 hours and I'll just keep making shit right on and you'll be here for the art walk on September 22nd correct? yes and then we'll be featuring you all fall so come check out the art walk open studios at the beginning of November and where can people find you online or what's so, your website yeah so the website is fonzarelli415.com which should be up and running it's pretty much all there I'm little tweaks here and there and then I've got the good old Instagram and mm -hmm. at fonzarelli415 and those are the two main platforms that I'm, I'm utilizing right now because, you know, it seems like the business end of it sometimes. So I just try to limit it. To, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the more time I spend online, the less time I spend in the studio. So. Yep. And Fonzarelli415 is a shout out to Fonz, the Fonz from Happy Days. <laughs> uh, backstory and the nickname. I worked with an English fellow that thought my name was Alfonso when we were on tour. And so he kept calling me Alfonso and that turned into Fonz and that turned into Fonzie. Through the, course, through the course of a tour and so when I was working with those guys it, it stuck and that's what I started my Instagram with and that's what they called me. Now I don't feel so bad for getting your name wrong so many times when I called you Alfonso and you're like it's Alfredo. I'm all yeah. really? I say, yeah, What's I, the Fonz about then? Yeah, I'm so, so confused. You can call me anything you want you just can't call me late for dinner. <laughs> 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 and that's how I now remember your name, thanks to Nate here. He's all, just think of the pasta, Alfredo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get, I get that a lot, you know, <laughs> which is fine. I've had friends in, like, Nashville and whatnot, you know, send me clips of, like, an Olive Garden commercial that has Alfredo in that it. Like, oh, I'm thinking about you. I'm like, all right, cool, man, thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Hey, on a personal note, since you're a baseball lover yeah. and a SF native, quickly, Name your favorite giant of all time Will and Clark. the best uh, sandwich shop in SF. Oh, good question. So I'm going to go Will Clark and Roxy's. Ooh. That's Will right Clark in the neighborhood. Nice. Yeah, Roxy's hands down. I went to City College for a year and mm -hmm. they uh, are two years. Oh, is there a Roxy's over by City that's, College? That's the original. Oh, yeah. the original. I'm yeah. not a native. Yeah. Okay. I'm, it's all right. I've been here since 97 though, so there, yeah. give me some credit. Um, so yeah, they were. that was my go-to in my junior college years. Mm. It was basically show up and play baseball for two years. Will, awesome. Will yeah. Clark, best swing ever. It's very pretty. Him One and, of them. Him and Griffey, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite neighborhood in the city? Sunset. Really? Yeah, I like it because it's quiet. I mean, it's we got our pockets. It's very, you know, very surf town to me. And it's just got tons of nooks and crannies. It's, you know, it's it's evolving. But, you know, the other day I was walking along and I looked up this telephone pole and somebody had carved out like a shark's head and nailed it to the telephone pole. You really don't see that in too many other neighborhoods. I mean, you go to some neighborhoods, you'll see some other shit nailed up to, to a telephone pole. But, like shit. you know, it, for me, like yeah, 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 for me, it's comfort. You know, it's like mm -hmm. a, there's creatives you know, out a, here. Yeah, it's a nice soft blanket of fog out there. What mm -hmm. neighborhood did you grow up in? Excelsior. Okay. So, which I like. It's changing for the better. You know, my mom and my grandma still live out there, but... Mm -hmm. It's nowhere near as hood as it used to be, but it's not, it's developing. You know, there's really not a lot for me out there, mm. you know, so as far as what I look for in a neighborhood, I mm -hmm. guess. Yeah. 
just need a good deli, a good good coffee shop. I'm happy. Good vibes. Yeah, definitely good vibes. <laughs> right on. Well, we will link to all the things we talked about and how you can get in touch with Alfonso. What? Alfredo. Fonzarelli. Whatever you want to call him. All of that works. <laughs> and we're over and out. All right. Over and out. Peace. So there you have it, the second episode from the Rooted and Layered series of the Pop-Up Podcast. We are coming to you from the Hunt and Gather Podcast Studio and Lounge located in the inner sunset of San Francisco. We hope you'll join us this fall in the gallery to check out the show, meet the artists, and get involved here soon. If you're an artist, we'd love to have you. Gallery hours are Saturday through Sunday, 11 to 6, or by appointment. We'll be kicking off open studios with a celebration on Friday, November 3rd from 6 to 9. Champagne toast at 8, free with RSVP. During open studios, we'll have ongoing drop-in, make-and-take workshops by Catherine Sherman, live painting by Michelle DeLaminardiere. Also, meet the artists Paulo Santio and Alfredo Sainz. Plus, we'll have yummy surprises including flan by what the flan and libations will be flowing all weekend not to mention live music links to all the details will be in the show notes we hope to see you here november 3rd through the 5th cheers